We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. This is the Saturday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. Joining me tonight, college basketball expert and host of the Doug Gottlieb Show, Doug Gottlieb, as well as stadium insider, Jeff Goodman. We are presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us streaming on Twitter. You can find us on Sirius XM Channel 84. That's the ESPNU station. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We have a loaded show. The ACC lost its mind today. Uh, the Big 12 looks like it's probably the best conference in college basketball. We have a section on embattled coaches that are uh, not doing too well um, in the industry. And, of course, we are going to be joined by Bruce Pearl, the head coach of the Auburn Tigers, here in a little bit. But the first thing we have to talk to before we get into any of that, number two Auburn took down number 12 Kentucky today in Auburn Arena, 80-71. to 71. Doug, I'm going to you first on this one, man. What do you make of these Tigers? Well, listen, I, I got a chance, guys, to see Auburn against Alabama in a, in a, in a win a week ago. Uh, and then in person, and then I saw Kentucky in a comeback win against Texas A&M this week. And um, I I was impressed by both teams. I mean, like, look, Ty Ty Washington getting hurt. We don't really have a true answer for who's the better team because Kentucky was dominating the game a little bit. It was the first half, tail of two halves. You know, Auburn had some foul trouble. Things can settle down. But in the first half, Kentucky was the better team. Ty Ty Washington gets hurt. In the second half, Auburn was the far better team. Um, if we talk about Auburn, obviously Jamari Smith, we, I think we're – are we all in agreement that he's the presum- presumptive number, number one pick? Number one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm there now. I wasn't, but I'm there now. I fought it for probably a good month. What changed? You know, I think that he can do everything. And and part of it was I didn't know if his perimeter shot was one of those where sometimes you get off to a good start at the beginning of a season and you don't know. And, and then you see that, like, he his form, the ball comes off his hand the same way. He makes it consistently. And he does everything else. He's just got to put on some weight and, and, and rebound at a higher level. But, again, the kid does everything. I mean, the, the, the big thing for me, Jeff, was his defense. I didn't realize that he was going to guard the way that he's been guarding here um, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, he plays hard. He really love guards. And, 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 and as Bruce told us, he's – I mean, Doug, he's got some junkyard dog in him too. Well, there's, there's a lot to it. And I think seeing in person against um, Alabama, and I was sitting next to 
uh, two of the most known general managers in the NBA. When you're doing radio and your radio as a, an analyst, it's, it's an awesome gig because there's not a lot to it, right? And so I'm actually having a conversation with these guys while the game is going on. And they were like- Way to do your job. Way to do your job well. I did my job well. No one else would know. I'm just telling you guys. I mean, that's 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 it's just. I'm are just you writing honest. notes? Are you writing notes as you're talking? Like what? Well, no. During, how are you during, doing this? No, during breaks. Okay, okay during right. breaks, I'm, no. I'm sitting next to one of them, and there's another one right next, and they're actually two guys I've known for a long time. And then, yeah, during the game, like we're just sitting there reacting. He had a move in the first half where he came down again. This is the Alabama game, and he crossed over. He goes to his left hand. And he makes kind of a runner in the lane and everybody's like, wow. And then the second half, he had like a Dirk fadeaway. But what was really impressive was it got to six and they run a lot of elbow ISOs for him. Elbow ISO is something that they really do a ton in the NBA for guys like Kevin Durant. And he like looked at Pearl and looked at everybody else and like held his hand up and they got him the ball and he went and got fouled. But it was like a, hey, you jerks, give me the ball. Let's, I got this. Now he got fouled and he missed both free throws, but it was more like if you've met him, he's a really bright kid but he's not one of these like egomaniac not at all personality you know precedes him coming in the room it was impressive um the guy you're talking about that shoot shot an unreal percentage for how good a shooter he is that's the Derek williams right remember Derek williams oh, last yes. year at arizona where like he shot like 60 percent from three and you're like he's not that good a shooter is he right. Right? right and the reality is he's not this kid is now where where his numbers are if you look at the analytics he takes a ton of mid-range shots. And he's not a mid great mid-range shooter. Um, so today you saw a lot of catch and shoot, and then he can obviously get to the back. So I think the mid-range is the spot where you can improve the most, but I love him. I, I do. And I like this team a lot. And Walker Kessler is a dynamic rim protector. He's also fantastic on the roll lobs and playing in the dunker spot lobs. And then they got some junkyard dogs in their point guard position. So I and KD, really and KD Johnson, who's a junkyard dog. They got like three of them. I know. Wendell's I know. a junkyard dog too, man. Those yeah. guys, they they did roll up their sleeves and get after it. Now, look, I like Kentucky a lot. I mean, I really, really do. Um, they 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 change dramatically without Ty Ty, but um, Oscar's a beast. You know, you got an elite shooter. You got a good little point guard. He's a little bit too much pass first, and obviously Auburn watched that A and M tape and trapping him late on ball screens. He still gets kind of lost on it. And we'll, so we'll see Wheeler, how he plays in big games. Cause let's be honest, Georgia, there weren't a lot of games that mattered, right? It's, games that matter are different. Every possession, every turnover matters. Um, and uh, no cheering, Doster, no cheering. Um, but I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it together pretty well right now. Come on. I'm keeping it together pretty well. Um, I, I do want to say this though. You, you mentioned Walker Kessler to me. He is the guy that, that brings everything together for this group, right? You can get out and pressure defensively because you know you have that rim protector there that's going to erase anything that comes to the basket. Uh, you, can't, you can't stay home on shooters because you when you run ball screens offensively because he's coming to the basket. You throw the ball up, he's going to catch everything and dunk everything right there. So he, he makes everything else on this team work. Now, he's not the most hyped guy. That's Jabari Smith. And he's not the guy that everybody loves. That's Katie Johnson. And he's not the guy that has kind of like the, the best highlights, so to speak. That's Wendell Moore. He's the, the explosive dude. But, I mean, Jeff, Walker Kessler is the, the, the keystone, right? He's the guy that makes everything work and, and interlock together. And the other part of it is, like, Oscar's not used to going up against a guy like Walker Kessler, right? I mean, he, he's not. He's used to being able to just overpower dudes. And Oscar was good today. I like 
he's really improved in terms of being able to score around the basket. I felt like at West Virginia, he was just kind of a junkyard dog type guy who, who really wasn't much skill. It was all athleticism and power. Um, but again, Walker Kessler doesn't look like he'd be a big time shot blocker. Um, but he, he is why, why well, really, <laughs> I mean, it's Hunter Dickinson, like, like, like you look at them both and you're like big plotting white dude. Well, well, so, so this is what's changed in college basketball, you know, forever they've had the verticality rule yeah. and now they actually call it as a verticality yeah. rule. Now you can actually, and he's great at it. Now I will tell you, and, and Bruce is going to join us. So I don't know if he'll say anything, but you know, look, there were some guys in the program, um, not coach. Eh, there were some guys in the program that were early in sec play, like kind of a little soft in us, right? Like he, and then, the Alabama game, he was in foul trouble and he was just kind of a mess. Uh, today, he kind of took over. Today, he was really, really impressive. And I mean, like, look, if you can, if you're great defensively at the point and you're great defensively at the, at the rim, that's a great start. Then you got length and you have Jabari, who I think impressed all of us with his defensive toughness and acumen today. And they have some dudes that get after it. Um, that That's, that's championship caliber defense. So yeah, Walker is he was great, man. And um, this is a this is a crew that it's hard to imagine. Like for the Auburn thing, just didn't hit for a while, and now they nearly win a national championship a couple years ago. And then last year they're out of the tournament, and now you're looking like they're our my number one team in the country, and should be a favorite to get to the final four. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy to me that Bruce Pearl when he took oh, uh, this thing over. Wow, look at that! Look at that! 49ers with a win. Uh, anyway, crazy to me that when Bruce took this over, you felt like, all right, maybe he could get him into a situation where they could make the tournament like, I don't know, three out of every four years, get in, maybe make a sweet 16. You know, it was a dormant program. I mean, let's face it. Like Jeff Lebo was terrible. Tony Barbie, you thought could take it over, maybe get it going because he was a Cal disciple. At that point, we didn't know most of the Cal assistants uh, have worked it out. There it is. I was waiting for the Cal what? shots. What? I'm just, I'm being real. <laughs> no, I, I listen, I'm going to say it the way it is. Uh, and the other crazy part, Bruce Pearl has somewhat had Cal's number a little bit in big games, right? Like I was there in 2008 when it was one verse two, Tennessee against Memphis, and Pearl beat him there. Then a couple of years ago, to get to the final four, Bruce beats Cal. And now I feel like they're more in an even playing field this year. I don't know if it's going to sustain itself. I don't know if Bruce is going to be able to get the, the, the Jabaris. Probably not. But ultimately, why, this why, why year, wouldn't he be able why wouldn't he be able to get the Jabaris? Well, if they he would have gotten Jalen I mean, Green. He would have gotten Jalen Green last year. So he could he can do it. Why, why wouldn't he be able Maybe. to do it? Especially, I mean, if they keep winning, everything's legal now. Like, like right. it just comes down to whether or not, like, and, and, you know, that team, what, four or five starters are from Atlanta. And it's not like whoever they hire at Georgia is, it's going to change that dramatically. It just isn't. Um, 
I, I mean, just look, don't know. Again, I don't know. I don't. Again, I don't. Need, I, I he's, don't he's got the number one pick, Doug. Like he's got the number one friggin' pick, one, two, or three, whatever well, he, he goes. He's not gonna. Goodman. He's not gonna have the number one pick every year. No. But he, he, if he mixes that in a couple times with guys like Jared Harper and Bryce Brown and builds builds something that's sustainable, the years where he does get these number one picks and he does get these All Americans and he does get these guys that are gonna go high in the draft, those are the years when all of a sudden it goes from okay, Auburn is this good top twenty five pro that some years is going to be top 10 to okay yes they can be number one in the country they can win a national title right they're, they're always going to have that ceiling as long as he's here and he's able to get these guys but listen we've kept bruce waiting long enough that's the guy you all want to hear from it's not us so uh let's get to that interview uh with bruce pearl here right now Welcome on to the field of 68 after dark fresh off of a win over Kentucky in Auburn arena. The one and only Auburn head coach, Bruce Pearl. Bruce, what's going on, man? Congrats on the win. Rob, it's great to be with you and your partners, two guys that I know really, really well. Jeff and I, we work together on XM radio. Neither one of us had done any radio. I just got fired and I managed to work with Jeff and not get fired again, which is a good thing. Uh, it, it, was, it was good. That was uh, about 10 years ago, Bruce. We are on XM radio right now. And awesome. uh, so, so I've kind of uh, come full circle a little bit. You have taken this program to a completely different level than anybody thought was possible. I mean, come on, you should be number one when the new poll comes out uh, on Monday morning, whether you are or not, it, it probably doesn't matter. What was this win like? Because you had Kentucky come in. I was there a few years ago when you had Kentucky come in, and it was a hell of an atmosphere. This one looked even better and more important of a victory. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, both teams got great players. We just, we just, it's it's the sum of our parts. We just might have a couple more. Um, everybody, everybody obviously contributes. Not often does something so hyped live up to the expectations. I think this did live up to the expectations. Uh, you know, we got all the students, managed to get them all in. They slept out overnight. They're always lined up four or five hours before game, but they've never lined up the night before. And believe it or not, it was a cold night here in Auburn. Um, I'm happy for the kids. They got a chance. You want to be the best? You got to play against the best. Kentucky certainly is, you know, as good as anybody in our league. And we took care of business. Okay. So Bruce, you and I talked a little bit on text, getting ready for the game. Coming into it, um, what were your thoughts on how you wanted to, to play against them defensively and how you wanted to attack them offensively. Yep. You know, Doug, um, watching Texas A&M, um, we, play, we play like them without the zone pressure. So, look, our drop-back defense was okay. There's nothing wrong with our drop-back defense. It was our offense in the first half was lousy, and we were turning the ball over, and they got, what, 22 points off turnovers, you know, and they got offensive rebounds off of that once we stopped turning the ball over we were fine they only turned us over one time in the second half and we scored 51 points and we shot you know really well you, you know look it's no right now Kentucky's playing really fast if you can keep off the boards and stop them in transition and kind of keep in front you can beat them Bruce I wanted to ask you about Walker Kessler because I don't think that he gets enough credit for bringing everything together what is it about 
his presence and his development this year that has allowed him to take a step forward. Guys, he's the best player in college basketball in the air. Like basketball players spend time in the air and nobody ever talks about it. The ability to be vertical and block shots and hang, obviously, 7-1. But a lot of dudes are not leaving the feet in traffic around the paint. They're just not. And they don't catch it and they don't finish it because they're afraid they're going to, you know, what's going to happen when they come down. He's able to jump. He's willing to land. He's a tough kid. He's got great hands. When the opponent wants to stick on Jabari Smith, it doesn't take up. It's more of a geometry question. Put Jabari in a corner, send Walker to the rim, put a guard like Wendell Green that can get it to him. It's it's virtually unguardable. It is. And, 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 and doesn't matter what you do. Bruce, you, you asked us before this started, what, what was noticeable, what, what we saw, yeah, the biggest what thing that, what did you the see? biggest thing I saw, which I haven't seen before is you were as talented as Kentucky, that there wasn't a big talent gap. And there has been every other time I've seen you play against them. How much of a difference is that? Huge, Jeff. And it's a great, that's, a, that's really true. You know, I, I, I can't, I, I don't need to out-coach anybody this year. I don't. Our guys are talented and we're deep. Um, now, they, that talent's got to buy in. They got to buy into being unselfish. And so if you look at our you know, roster, a lot of guys played a lot of minutes. At the, at the power forward spot, I got Jabari Smith and Jalen Williams. There's no one in the country that has two players better at that big guard power forward spot. And then Walker Kessler and Dylan Cardwell. There's two guys at every position. They were recruited the right way knowing that they weren't going to be putting up big numbers. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say we are, as, we are as talented as anybody in the country. Um, okay, so let, let's, let's talk about, about Jabari. Um, well, I mean, look, he's remarkable, really, really remarkable to watch. So we were, uh, Goodman and Rob and I were all texting the comparison thing, okay? You've had him for a, lot, for a lot longer than anybody. You've seen him a lot more than anybody else. Who is he? Who's your mind you have? What, what's he going to look like as he evolves? Yeah, Doug, it's, it's, it's a guaranteed no-brainer NBA all-star uh, player. And uh, look, I had Tobias Harris, and I told people, I said, Tobias Harris is going to play in this league a long, long time, and he's going to be right there as that last guy that doesn't quite make an NBA all-star roster, uh, but he's going to be incredibly productive. And could, Jabari's got another level. And part of the reason is, he is as good a jump shooter in college basketball as I've seen at his size. I mean, I've seen other great jump shooters. It, it comes off his hand the same way every time. Now, listen, the last couple of days, Jabari hadn't shot it great. Didn't shoot it great at Georgia and turned the first one down today. I'm like, uh-oh, what, what, what's up? And seven defensive rebounds. He guarded his yard. Um, he got to the foul line a little bit. Look, we won today. Jabari Smith didn't have his best game. And that's a really, really good, a really, really good thing. Um, he's got toughness because his dad, his dad was a big, strong, physical slash dirty player at LSU. And he wears that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a bad man. Yeah. Jabari's got that DNA in him. He does. Um, and, and, and look, he is unselfish. He is excited about his teammates getting credit as, 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 as he is. So I need to ask you about Katie Johnson. My guy, Terrence Oglesby, says he runs on nightmare fuel. I've said repeatedly that he is the perfect player for you, Bruce, the perfect player to fit into the way that you want to play. Just 
I know we're not supposed to say talk about, but just talk about Katie Johnson. I mean, I love watching that kid play. Somebody asked me today, he said, Coach, what do you think Katie's thinking? It's like, are you serious? Are you asking me what I think he's thinking? I have no freaking clue what he's thinking. Um, he giveth and he taketh away. Um, but there's got to be trade-offs. I think if you love him, if you don't try to change the kids, don't change him. Wendell Green and Zeb Jasper are two completely different point guards. They play the same position. Let Wendell be Lendell. Let Zeb be Zeb. Mix them in. Don't try to change Katie Johnson. He's the Tasmanian devil out there, okay? He's a dangerous man. He going to take some shots. You go, oh. <laughs> do you know what? Yes. He's going to make some shots too. And he's confident. And there are times he'll make a shot. He'll look over me. He'll kind of, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what he's saying. But it's probably, would you please get me the ball again? Coach, trust me. All right, Bruce. Listen, before we let you go out, it's going to be like the old days. I'm going to let you take us out. Uh, Field of 68 after dark here on Sirius XM Radio, Channel 84. All right, I, I want you to do it. Let's see if you remember what we taught you 10 years ago. Field of 68 after dark right here on XM Sirius Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. And we are back. This is the Field of 68 After Dark. Uh, my name is Rob Doster. I'm joined by Jeff Goodman and Doug Gottlieb. Uh, this is the Field of 68 After Dark. We're streaming on YouTube. Um, we're on Sirius XM as well. Uh, right now, I believe this is, uh, we're, we're in a break right now on Sirius. So hit us with the questions, producer Dagan Hughes. Dagan, right. you got some questions yeah, I'm for here, us. I'm here, I'm here. Let's get to some yeah. questions, which we can get back to. What a Kentucky have won if Ty Ty didn't get injured? Oof. Doug, what do you think? I think it would have been a great game. They were they were playing better than Auburn. I think Auburn struggled with the matchup of Ty Ty. Well, you know, one of one of the things about their two uh, their their guards are they're small, and Ty Ty's not small. Um, I was really impressed by him. Uh, was that Wednesday night at AM where he only had eight, but he had two huge buckets and he just has a, like an elegance to him. Uh, he's not rattled. He's not. 30 he's seconds. A, out of play. He's, he's a dude. So yeah, I'm willing to concede. They might've won that game. No, no question. It would have been hard. He's the, the last 20 minutes on the road at Auburn, a packed house would have been different than the first 20. So let's right, not I, just I, give I, it. I, I got one more question from the chat. Um, it says, Goodman, do you 15. remember when you used to dress like a professional? Because I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I wore I a tie. Ten seconds. ESPN. Thank God I don't have to wear a damn tie again. And I you've told all, my wife I wore a tie for a wedding. So I'm done with the tie. Three, two, one. And we are back. It is the field of 68 after dark. This is Sirius XM channel 84 the espnu station you can find us on youtube please if you're watching there hit that like button hit that subscribe button on the channel 
come and jump in the chat. Ask us some questions. We're going to be answering questions every time we go to a commercial break. My name is Rob Dosser. I am joined by Doug Gottlieb and Jeff Goodman, and we need to talk a little bit about the Kentucky Wildcats. We were just uh, discussing it a little bit off air, and I kind of want to go deeper into the conversation. Doug, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Um, Ty Ty Washington rolled his ankle with about eight minutes left in the first half. At the time, Kentucky was up, I believe it was 25 to 16. I also believe that Jabari Smith had two fouls at that moment. Yeah. He was in a little bit of foul trouble. So um, there was a lot of stuff happening in that first half. A lot of stuff happened in the second half. But what what would that game have played out differently? Would Kentucky have been able to go in there and get that yes. win in Auburn if he wasn't there? Would they have? I don't know. Anyone who says they know is lying. Would it have been different? Yeah. I mean, he's the go-to guy, you know, for this team. And if you saw him Wednesday against AM, when Wheeler was just all over the place as AM was trapping him on ball screens, he took over and he was calm. You know, he's got a great little floater game. He just has a he just got a way where, you know, he had eight points the other night, but four of them were huge. And you just feel like nothing flusters him. He plays at a level far above his age. The game is, it's not super easy to him, but it's pretty easy and it's pretty slow. Would it have played out differently? Yes. Would they have won? I don't know, but they would have had a much, much better shot. I really like this Kentucky team. And I do too. I like the, I like the dynamics to it. By the way, can I, can I give you one little, since my show is also on Sirius XM, 217 and 203 is XM and Sirius, right? Is here's the radio deal. Nobody ever taught Goodman this because he's a he's an insider reporter and now a podcaster savant. So are you? You're not supposed to say when we come back and or we're back, okay? Because the, the whole right? yeah, well yeah, we just that's why you hit like Greeny is the the master of the tease whatever. The best. But you're always taught you're always taught coming up next next yeah. next so so that you stick around. It, it's a it's a one word thing. Green is really, the greatest. He's the greatest at what. At Green, the tees? At, at the tees. She's, there's nobody better. There's nobody better. No, you're, you're not better. You're not better. I've listened to you. You're Try not me. better. Try me. Good. You're solid. Uh, you're tell solid. me what's hey. coming up. And at, I will at, you, at, I will after after our next break, after our next break, we're going to talk about Jim Beheim and Chris Mack and, and, and Jobs and all that kind of stuff. So you're 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 going to tease it. You got it. You got okay. it. Okay. Okay. Just, just ask me, for it. You got the, it. What's what's our tease signal? What's our tease signal? It's a like, yeah, I'm going to go like this. Oh, I'm going to point. I'm going to say, Gottlieb, it's time for you to give the tease. Uh, but, Jeff, <laughs> I, I want to go to you. So, um, I, have a different, losses, I have a different take of where it changed, though. The game changed. Like, Ty okay. Ty, they were actually okay without Ty Ty. But when you took away Ty Ty and Severe Wheeler, when he got hung up, I mean, he got absolutely crucified. Uh, for the second time, Oscar didn't call out a screen. And Walker Kessler... Didn't it was a legal screen, but Severe comes up to you know comes up to his I don't know what, and, and he ran into him, and I felt bad for Severe because he was down for the count again for the second time in like a week and a half. He was down for the count by running into a screen that Oscar didn't call. So I thought that four minute stretch when they didn't have Ty Ty and didn't have Severe, and they had Davion Mintz running the point, that was the game. They had no chance after that. They dug themselves. Too big of a hole because again, you're going to your third string point guard. You you got no shot. Yeah, I, I think if you look at Kentucky right now, I I am still very much in on them being a top 
eight to 10 team in college basketball. I'm still very much in on the idea that they can go and, and make a final four, maybe even win a national title. I think that they're good enough to do that. The depth is a little bit of an issue. They basically play seven guys, but that doesn't really hurt you unless you have someone like Sheway getting in foul trouble or your entire backcourt gets hurt. And now we're looking at a situation where the two uh, close losses that Kentucky has in league play were on the road when their, uh, when their guards um, went down with injury. But I want to pivot. I want to head to the uh, – to, to the ACC. Um, UNC lost to Wake Forest. They gave up 98 points to Wake Forest. The, it's, the, the issues that North Carolina has defensively, Doug, they're, they're not going away. Like, so no. can you, is it possible to fix this? You know, it's, it's weird because Roy Williams' Carolina teams wouldn't guard anybody for the first couple of th- three months or so. And then all of a sudden, like March, like, okay, now we're getting in a defensive stance. Um, and if remember, if I remember correctly, last year he won a national title, or maybe it was the year, it, maybe it was when, uh, when Kendall Marshall went down. Then they, get, they got beat by like 34 by Florida State, and it was embarrassing. And then all of a sudden they got to mid-February and they started playing defense. So there is, a, there, there is and I, obviously I know you have a coaching change to a different regime. They, play, they still play, they play a different style. There, there is some precedence for, North Carolina not playing any defense until mid-February and maybe even late February and then figuring it out. But no, I, I don't think that, that this team has that. I don't think they have the lateral speed and quickness. I think that college basketball has changed a great deal. And I think those defensive issues uh, are going to continue to present themselves. Again, I'm willing to admit you have a head coach who was there previously and he knows if he follows the pattern of Roy Williams where he doesn't grind them early so they don't tune him out and then you get to February and they start to guard, but you're playing with fire. I mean, this is two embarrassing losses and I don't want to take away from wake. Okay. Because it's a good story, but it's, it's the way, if you watch the game, you're like, Oh my God, guard anybody, right? Guard anybody. I think think the biggest issue, Jeff, is that there's, there's no fight, right? There there's, they, they kind of get punched in the mouth and they fold and it doesn't seem, you know, I, I had one scout tell me back when we watched them. Uh, I think they lost, was it lost by 20 to Tennessee and Mohegan sun. One scout said he hates watching these guys. Cause it's just a bunch of selfish dudes that are out there playing. So I, I, I think that it's not just the issue that they're not great defensively. They don't care about being great. That, that's they don't I have mean, that fight. Yeah. It's, it's weird too, about the selfish dudes. Cause you have in terms of selflessness, you know, teams, we always say teams, mirror their head coach not in this case right like you have one of the most incredibly kind selfless men i've ever met in hubert davis ever that's what everybody like says i don't know uh, him that well but everybody says that though. there's like a, there's like a mount rushmore of good dudes right yeah. like lafonso ellis is on it hubert davis is on it clark kellogg's on it you like you go by you like he's just a better person than me like if <laughs> if, if, if me and him yes, are at heaven's yes. gates St. Peter's like, nah, come on, this one, that one gets in, right? Yeah. But his team does not reflect it. And, and like, look, nobody likes to be, nobody, everybody says, like, you don't like to be M after whatever. But maybe that's what's needed because I'm, I'm with you, Rob. And I'm sorry to interrupt the, the question to, to you, Jeff. But yeah, this is, they do not mirror that of Hubert Davis. And they do not have, there's nobody who goes like, hey, let's go. There's no okay. even Danny, Danny Green on this team. So my theory on that is you don't, if you don't have the players that are going to do that on their own, 
you better have a staff that is able to do that. And I thought the staff he put together was not a Carolina staff. Like you need to put together a really good staff that has some experience and like winning, like Jeff Lebo again, like there's no other head. I'm going to kill Jeff Lebo twice on this podcast, <laughs> but the dude, Damn, dude, I think he sets the record. I think he coached the most years without ever being to an NCAA tournament. And you bring him out of retirement and put him on the road recruiting. And Sean Mays never recruited. And he's young and he's still trying to find his way going from the op spot. And Brad Frederick, a great dude, but now he's your number one recruiter. So I don't know. And, and again, listen, talent isn't really the issue as much on this team. But like going forward, I think you get a little bit of a mulligan this year as long as you come back next year with a good team. That's Carolina-esque, and I don't think you're going to – I don't trust this group to put that team together and get them to where they're, they're relevant nationally. Jeff, you mentioned Jeff Lebo's retirement. Coming up next, we're going to talk about whether or not it's time for Jim Beheim to hang him up. That was really good. Clear. That was good. That was really good. Was that good? Was that good? Okay. All right. All right. Now, Dang green, it. Hit me with some questions from the chat. The, the greenie tease is, Kevin up next, Jeff Lebo, not a, not a Hall of Famer. What Hall of Famer does Jeff Goodman think needs to retire immediately? Right. Because right. then there's the intrigue. Then right. there's the that intrigue. intrigue. The real intrigue. You know? He was, Who's he talking he was, about? He was, be- right. he was better when he – so Scott Shapiro is my boss at ESPN. He was his producer and they used to write him before every show. And he was much better when Scott was there. I was better when I had Adam. Are we live right now? On the yeah, chat? yeah. Yeah. We're live in the chat. Um, right, Goodman. We just, Ed, Edgar Walker, just uh, his question is, well, it's not really a question. It's a statement. Uh, he yeah. has a bachelor party in new Orleans final four weekend. He wants to know if you're, uh, you're coming to hang out. I'm in, I'm in Edgar. Absolutely. I'm in. And, and uh, uh, yeah, we're we're all in. We weren't shots. all invited. There you go. We weren't all invited. You were Just, invited. Good. Well, I'm bringing you. I'm bringing you, Doug. I'm your Doster, plus one. Doster, it Thirty depends seconds. On this next tease. I'm not sure. All right, there. There we go. I'll. I'll see if I can figure it out. Then. Do you got any questions, Dagan? Do we have anything good? Uh, quick one for you guys. Uh, do you think Penny Hardaway gets fired this year? No. Yes Ooh, or no? That sounds not. like. It sounds like what we're going to talk about in the fourth segment of today's show. I do. Yeah, I do not. How about, think how about that? Be fired, tease? But. But uh, yeah, we'll 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 expand on that for sure later. Ten seconds in a segment that only Doug and I can do, which is be Five. honest and transparent about the coaching. Uh, Here we go. Fire life. This is Sirius XM Channel 84, the ESPNU station. It's the field of 68 after dark. My name is Rob Doster. I have Jeff Goodman with me. I have Doug Gottlieb with me, and we need to talk about Jim Beheim, I got some facts for you guys. Are you ready for this? Hey, okay. I'm ready. So Syracuse lost by 20 today at Duke. They are now 9-10 and 10 on the season and 3-5 and five in the ACC. They have not finished better than 10-8 and eight in the ACC since 2014. They haven't wow. finished with fewer than 10 losses since 2014. 2014 was the first year that they, they came to the ACC. They are right now on track to miss the fourth of the last eight NCAA tournaments. I know that the, the tournament got canceled in 2020. Syracuse was not going to make it to the tournament in 2020. So I'm canceling. never I'm know. Just, hey, hey, I'm, ca- never hey, I'm, counting it, I'm counting it as a miss. Uh, outside of a few tournament runs, Syracuse right now, this program is basically NC State in orange. 
Jeff, putting you on the spot. Is it time for Jim Beheim to hang him up? You are putting me in the spot. Yeah. Because my daughter applied at Syracuse. Ooh. And we sat down with Jim Beheim for about an hour and a quarter. So uh, if, if she does go to Syracuse, this is going to be very awkward uh, for me. But I would say he's 77 years old. I think if you look at it, you say to yourself, it's probably not going to get much better at this point. And I always worry because I saw it happen with Lute Olson, the health part of it too. Go out while you are healthy. Go out while you can enjoy some time with your wife, Julie, and, and go travel and do what it – now, again, Jim loves coaching. He does. He loves it. And I asked him about it when I was with him preseason, and he said to me, he said, listen, I'm not the one running up and down the court. And he is in sound mind. He, listen, if you talk to Jim Beheim, he doesn't sound or act any different than he did 15 years ago. But you look at it, they've been over that stretch that you mentioned, Rob. Their, their league record is 65 and 58, okay? They've made some tournaments. They've made some Sweet 16s. They made a Final Four in that stretch. But I think it is time because I think you're at a point you're not recruiting at a high enough level and you're not winning at a high enough level. Now, I don't know who gets it next and if they can elevate it back to what it was. Syracuse is not, a, not an easy place to recruit to. So I don't know if whether you're going to get Red Autry or Jerry McNamara, I assume it's going to be a choice between one of those two, whether they're able to get it there. But I, I think, yes, you've coached your sons now. The time is probably now. And, and honestly, for me, it's, it's for Jim Beheim. Like, go out, go out the right way. So, so you think he's going to leave with his son still having eligibility? I mean, we're talking re reality. No, so his, his son, his Jimmy – is going to petition for one more year. He might and get he'll it. Probably, he'll probably get it. You never right? because that, the NCAA. That crazy, wait, wait, you trust the NCAA? Yes, because right now everybody, like the NCAAs, they, they back, like it was like the NIL stuff. They're like, we, just fine, whatever, do whatever. Like they've just completely waved the white flag on everything. Yep. You know? But are they going to be better when Buddy leaves? No, look, they're bad because they're bad. Be, be, the same reason they're bad on defense is the same reason they're decent on offense, right? And right. it's really hard to recruit when you have a coach's son, let alone two coaches' sons, because everybody recruits against daddy ball. Like, hey, man, doesn't matter. He's going to play his kids. And those two can't guard anybody, right? They can't play in a zone. And we know they don't, they don't play man-to-man. They just not great length. And they're also not, you know, and you're like, well, they're not putting the dudes around them that they used to put around some of their, be some of their best players. So, uh, and I don't, I don't necessarily, most people would point to the staff, but having a brother that was on a staff that had three coaches sons, it's impossible because everybody knows like, who's going to take the shots. Who's going to get, it doesn't, you don't even have to give preferential treatment. And by the way, one of your sons is their best player. So it's like, right. it's just the way it is. Should he retire? Should have retired a long time ago when they went to the final four. Right. It's like my coach, rest in peace, coach Sutton. He should retire when he went to the final four in 04. Right. That's the time. But they all I mean, this thing is addictive and it's not the money. And Jim, he's got plenty of money. It's they want to win. They're competitive right. dudes. And they, and they don't win. have they don't have other things. They, they, they love it. They but do like does. it. It's he what they know. Have, he does have other things, but it's like it's all he knows. It's all he's done. And, and part of it is they always feel like if they retire that you feel like you're dead. Right. Like like, you, you know, they get old. Right. Yeah, you do. You get, you know, you guys get old. Now, 
Roy looks better having yeah, been away from it. Now he's he does. Tour around the but he, you don't tour around the country unless you do miss it. Like he misses being in that locker room. No question. Um, should he? Yes, of course. Of course. Will he? Of course not. You know? And, you know, what he should do is he's like, look, when my sons are done, I'm done. Um, and, but, I, you know, the idea that anyone's going to tell Jim Beheim when he walks away, the reality is, and, and he would tell you in, in his own special way, he's kept that university and that athletic department afloat. All football's been a disaster. And he's right. Yeah. Right? He's right. Um, so, I don't know, man. You give your entire life to university. If you suck your last couple of years, so be it. The question that's, is, and, and that's, where I'm, that, they, that, that's where I'm at with it too, right. though. So like, that's where I'm at with it too. He's, he's done enough for that program, for that school, for that basketball team uh, to, to be able to say, I, I'm going to go until I'm done. And of course I want, and, and he's also like, I want to play my sons. Go ahead, go do it. You've earned that right over the course of the last, what is it? 50 years now that he's been there. So like, I, I mean, look, I just, it sucks, and I know that that uh, the Syracuse fans are kind of fired up about it now, but if what he wants to do is go out and coach his sons and just take a shot at it, why not? And you know what this team's probably going to end up doing? They're probably going to reel off go five straight in the ACC tournament. tournament. Yep. Yeah, get, get yeah. like a 13 yeah. seed in the tournament and make it to a Sweet 16, and Syracuse fans are going to be all excited because they were awesome. I don't think that's, that's just what they do. It won't happen. I, 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 well, isn't it amazing on how a league, when it was put together, it was – Oh my God, this is murderer's row, right? Murderer's row. And now Carolina, nothing, right? right. Um, you know, Louisville, oh my God, nothing. what's going on there? Yep. Syracuse, like you're talking. And and I, I think Duke obviously has a very good succession plan in place. But let's be honest. I think, I don't know how much you know, John. I know him a little bit. It yeah. feels like it should work, but it's just different when you don't have the old man on the sidelines. It's a different sure. level of respect from the officials. The players react differently. It's just every, that, that 18 inches over is different, but this league on paper, if you would have told any of us 10 years ago, here's the league 15 years ago, here's the league. Even like, how does anybody win that league with less than, you know, how does Virginia will never get up off the mat ever, you know? And by the way, oh, Virginia it's awful. Virginia's not good. No, they you lost know? it at NC State. They, they're, they're not. Nobody's good in the league other than Duke. Nobody, like nobody's. It, it could legitimately. You could make a case that it should be a one bid league. I know they're going to get three, four. They're going to get four probably minimum. But are they going to be four that are like seated tenth, eleventh, and twelfth? They could be. Yeah, I think you're probably only going to have one winning a game. I think it's almost certain that you're going to have just one making it out of the first weekend. I do want to pivot really quick, though, because uh, you mentioned Louisville. Uh, there's something that we have to talk about there. I think our, our producer, Dagan Hughes, uh, has the audio lined up for, um, for for something that came out of the press conference. Uh, Malik Williams, kind of the senior leader on that roster, was asked a question about the coaching staff, and I think you guys uh, – it's interesting. I think we should listen to this. Sometimes we just don't bring it. Do you think the players are, are still responding to this coaching staff, or are they tuning them out? I have a comment for that.
Uh, they are five and four in the ACC. They've lost four of their last five. They just got drubbed at home by Notre Dame. I understand that that Chris Max in a tough spot. He's got a new team with a bunch of new pieces and a bunch of transfers, and he missed the first six games, and he wasn't there for them to all kind of embed together. But they're not getting better. They're getting worse now that he's back, man. Goodman, what what, what do you make of this this Louisville team, the situation that Coach Mack is in? Yeah, I, th- I think it's the beginning of the end. I, I do. I just I, I don't know if he makes it beyond this season. I, I think when you're at Louisville and you don't go to the NCAA tournament two years in a row, the fan base obviously uh, is is going to come out after you. And then you throw in all the other things that have happened, you know, pre Chris Mack with obviously the, the the Patino stuff that was never ending. And then the Dino Gaudio situation in the offseason where, I mean, there was just no reason for it to get there. And then the, honestly, then the school hits Chris Mack with the suspension because he didn't have somebody from, uh, from human resources in there when he fired Dino Gaudio, like the dumbest thing ever. See, I, I think it's all dumb, but ultimately they can fire Mack because of these level two violations. So we'll see if that thing is, is handled by the appeal by it's not going to be handled by April. So I think Louisville might have a decision on their hands. They owe him a ton of money, uh, but I, I don't see this ending especially well. Uh, but, you know, listen, I, I thought it had to be done with the staff. I thought his biggest. The you biggest, thought he had to fire Luke Murray? No, I thought I thought he made a mistake hiring Dino Gaudio in the first place. That's what I thought. I thought it was I've, a bad I've, hire. I've said it before. I, I look, I, Doug. I'll go to you on this because I, I I know that you um, you know who's a little bit better than me. But I, I just I think Luke is such a smart offensive mind. It's not surprising to me to see them go from being a team that was a top sixty team in offensive efficiency to right now they are one hundred and seventy ninth in offensive efficiency according to Ken Palm. It's a problem. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, Luke's a friend. I've, and I've never had a, a bad Mac can give you awkward. Um, you can have awkward sometimes interactions with them, but I've never had like a bad interaction with them. But I mean, forget about all the other stuff. Like, dude, they were boys. Okay. And there was staff Mac, dysfunction, but there was right. staff dysfunction. There's, there's lots of staff dysfunction. Right. There's lots of, that happens a lot of places. You know, I mean, you told me how much you hate Rob. Right? You told me that. You're like, you're, you're oh, not I'm, supposed wait, wait, to not, say not, that, Doug. Not, not on muted. the air. I'm not muted. Right? Yeah. Anyway, I mean, you were trying to push him aside. Me and you were supposed to host this thing. That's what you told me. Anyway, no, no, like, I, I, the, and, and what Luke told me, and I don't know if I'm supposed to share this, but I don't really care, was there wasn't really an explanation given. Like, he just called him in after the season, no, for, no warning, and said, I'm making a change. Sorry. And obviously Luke was pissed, but that only happens when an administrator says, hey, dude, you got to shake it up or we're going to make a change. Right. I mean, so when that happens, that's a telltale sign that the guy's told you got to fix this. You got a year See, to fix I, it. I don't think that was necessarily the case. I don't. I think he looked at the talent level on that roster and he said, we're not we got like three or four decent players and the rest of the team isn't very good. So I got to do something here again. Staff dysfunction plus not enough talent. I, I think he's uh, he's get I, I I believe he's very likely getting fired and here's why. Okay. Not just that. It's and Cal Cal says this to everybody, right? He always said, like, hey, but, um, or no, Patino actually Patino said this to me. Like the second Kentucky fans walked into the Yum Center, Kentucky was getting a new arena, right? Because it, it's just so competitive between them. 
and Kentucky sucked last year. And this year they're going to play for, got a chance to play for national championship. Louisville sucked last year, right? And they sucked this year. And to have two years, second, when Kentucky figured it out and fixed it in a year and they couldn't, and you have just as many people who would do the name, maybe not as many, but close, who would do the name, image, and likeness. Like you can go out and get players. They, they didn't do a good enough job. And, and again, this is the other part is like, if it was murderers row and Roy Williams has got it going in Carolina, Virginia's got it going and, yeah. you know, Pitt's got it going and the league is, the league stinks. No, you're right. you stink. you're, listen, you're a hundred percent right on that. Like you, there's no excuse. You're Louisville. There's no excuse for not being in the mix for the number two spot right now in the ACC if you're Louisville. They have right. a horrible point guard situation. Their their front court stinks. They, 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 that's that Everything. to me is that that to me though is they've misevaluated the point guard position since he's been there. They've taken a couple of transfers and they've tried to patch it together oh. and they tried to hold it together. And like you're not, you need two or three guys that can handle at that spot. And they just haven't. They just haven't been able to do it. They've, t- they've taken some guys that weren't true guys or they've had some injuries there. And, like, you go through the kind of whole list of it or taking guys that weren't really at their level, you know, because you get to that super high elite level, it's, it's different, you know. It just is. Um, yeah, I, I think that thing's a mess. And that's the type of place where you might get one year, but You're two years of being bad, right. yep. ooh, it's really hard. And somebody will write a check or they'll use those level two violations, which are BS to try and get out of paying them. Yes. Yeah. We we got, we got about a minute, Jeff, real quick, but I do just want to ask you guys, uh, Chris walked in there uh, when there was a whole bunch of stuff hanging over that, that program from an NCAA perspective, how much of an impact do you think that had on him being unable to get this program going again? And should that be factored in when we're talking about whether or not he needs to be axed? Yeah, no, no, it, it affected him from getting, top 25 players, right? I mean, I think he was still able to get, and he did it early. If you remember, Luke killed it. Yeah, Luke really helped them on a class right away. So everybody thought they were going to be able to do that every year, and they weren't able to. And I don't know if it was kind of luck. Obviously, David Johnson would have went, whether any of the three of us were the coach at Louisville. He was going to Louisville no matter who the coach was. So I, I think there was some luck in that first class involved. But then you saw it start to affect overall. And again, Dino Gaudio got a bunch of the players that were on that team. And guys, we're getting caught up in the weeds. You got a different athletic director than the one that hired you. Right. Right. That's that. You never want that. You don't want a new arena. You want a new AD. You don't want a new president. They got new AD and new president. Like uh, it is, that is not good news for, for Chris Mack. Yep. Louisville is not the only program that has been dealing with something similar. Uh, Next, coming up, uh, I'm going to tell you about one other program and another head coach, a little bit more famous than Chris Mack, that is dealing with some of these same issues. Okay, so mix it up. Step, I try to mix it up. I, you, I you did. The next up. step, you got you to tag it, though. You gotta, now you got to tag it with, that's coming up next on whatever the name of it is. Sirius XM. Yeah, Sirius XM. You don't, have to give, you don't have to give You don't have to give the channel. I'm just saying the name. Yeah, he's just yeah, saying say the name. name. Field of right. Field of 68 on Sirius XM. Yeah, I need to push it. I mean, you're right. I need which to push got, it. Which got, push it. You know what I love? I love that the people on YouTube right now and the people on Twitter on the stream are getting this behind the scenes look of how radio stuff happens. Of how right. crappy. I love I love of how crap. How dosters. No, I know I'm not. No, I, listen, I've never done this before. I want to learn. Like, if you don't yeah, tell I want to learn. Like, it's like you 
you have a, it's like, it was like, if you have a booger on your face and no, and then you walk in and you're like, Hey, how come you didn't tell me I had a booger on my face? Well, you know, I didn't like, no, no, no. A friend tells a friend you got a booger in your face. You got a bug hanging right there. You go, uh, oh, hey, oh, hey guys, oh. v, VU fanatic just told me that I'm a, I'm the one professional on the show. So look, I, that's, that's all I got. That's are. all I got to say. Yeah, like, I gotta say. Like, take, do you, Rob, I don't understand. I don't think you understand how much I, I, I now 30 respect seconds. more like to take a, a, a kind of dickhead feedback and go like, Hey, here's <laughs> just a thought. And then to try and do it live. Like do that's it. hard. Let's that, do it. Let's make it nobody happen. Nobody does that. Every, you know what people want? They don't want feedback. They want everybody to go like, you're awesome. Right. Jeff, you're awesome. Uh, they don't it's like everything. It's like feedback. coming off the court, right? It's like every kid coming off the court. What do they want to hear? 10 seconds. I'm awesome. They, they no, what they, want to hear is, what they want to hear is more shots. Give them no, what, shots. They want to, what, they, what they want to hear is, hey, get a quick drink. Here we go. Go live. It is the field of 68 after dark. We are on YouTube. We are on Twitter. We are on Sirius XM channel 84. That's the ESPN news station. My name is Rob Doster. I'm joined tonight by Jeff Goodman and Doug Gottlieb. We've got about seven more minutes on the radio here. We're going to have the after dark afters. Uh, we'll spend about 15 minutes with the YouTube chat. So make sure you head over to YouTube. Make sure you get those questions in. Our producer, Dagan Hughes, is going to be uh, giving them to us. So so whatever funny questions you have, please let us know. We we will answer it. We, uh, we have some of the Brown stuff. So we are going to be answering questions. Um, I do want to talk about Penny Hardaway because he, on Thursday night, he lit into the media, right? They they fell to nine and eight with a loss at home to SMU. They did not have DeAndre Williams. They did not have Landers Nolly. He cussed out some people. He got mad. And on Friday, he jumped on an Instagram live and he apologized. I figure there's nobody better to ask about this situation than two of the most opinionated individuals in the college basketball space that I know. Uh, so, Goodman, I'm going to you first on this one. I know you got a relationship with Penny. I know you like him, uh, but he's, he's not he's not doing himself any favors right now. Oh, I mean, again. You see it with so many guys. All you got to do is kind of play the game a little bit with the local media, especially. But when you go after them and, and you're at a point right now where you're kind of and fighting for your coaching life is probably a, a term we shouldn't be using with Penny because he's got hundred million in the bank. So it's not like his livelihood depends on it. But certainly right now there are questions whether or not he's the right guy to lead the program. They haven't been to the tournament. He told me prior to the season, he knows there's pressure on him and they should be a tournament team with everything he had. But to go out there and a few weeks ago, blame it on the older guys. And now basically the younger guys, I got too many younger too many guys, young guys, right? Like what is it, Penny? What the, which one is it? Don't be John Calipari trying to, you know, spin everything. Just whatever it is, the bottom line is all he had to do was take accountability. You're Penny effing Hardaway. Just take accountability, go up there and say, you know what? This is on me. This isn't about my players. This is on me. I got to figure this thing out, and I haven't done a great job at it, period. That's what he should have done. He, he even could have done the, like the, the fake no excuses excuse, right? Like he go, I could get up here and tell you that I'm starting a 17-year-old and that they got 23 yep. or 24-year-olds. Right. Right. I, I could, but I'm not going to. Right. Yeah. Which is which is exactly what he's doing. So I, I think there's a lot to it. I think that because he was kind of the chosen one and because there was so much backstabbing to get him in that place that he I think he thought that he would be beyond reproach and he's not. That is a terrible job. 
I'm just going to point that out. That is a no, terrible. It's not. It's not a terrible it's, job. I out of your mind. It is not a terrible job. Can you a let terrible me, job? A terrible can, job is is East oh, Carolina. Okay, it's a terrible great job. It's like the UCLA football job, right? Where it's a terrible great job, right? Where you're never really going to win at UCLA. Like first of all, never follow a program that had John Calipari. He's okay. two coaches removed. It doesn't matter how many coaches they need at UMass to prove. Like, don't follow that dude. He's unbelievable. <laughs> Secondly, even if you tried the John Calipari model, it doesn't work anymore. Even Cal knows it doesn't work anymore. Okay. Because of the top 20 kids, right? You know, you're going to lose five to 10 of them to something not college basketball. And then they're now getting plucked off by Auburn's and whomever. And now you're dealing, you can't, it's one thing to play with younger dudes. It's another thing to play with one guy who's reclassed, clearly not ready. And, and some of the other guys, they're just, they're not, they're not what Kentucky had. You don't have a Derrick Rose there, right? The other part about Memphis is you got all these Memphis players and all these parents and hangers honors, and they want their kids to play. Right. And uh, my late father took a, took a class from Woody Hayes. Uh, he says the best class he ever took. And Woody Hayes had a rule. He would not take a, take a kid from Columbus unless he was absolutely sure he was going to be an All-American. And the idea is if your kid, if that kid isn't great Can't miss. and you're, you're taking him in and out of the game, everybody's pissed. And then they go back pissed to the neighborhood. So I think it's a mess. Um, and I understand his frustration. I'm surprised that he, that, that his staff, that Larry Brown couldn't, con, couldn't, you know, consult with him and go like, Hey dude, you, you like take a breath, just take it on yourself. Do the woe is me. I'm going to be better. Um, what happened to Rasheed Wallace, by the way, he's made a couple of weird hires. Mike Miller walked away. Then yeah, Rasheed because Wallace. you know why, you know why? Cause these guys feel like they're not enough. According to my sources, they're not a part of it enough. They're not, their voices aren't being Rasheed left because according to my, he didn't get vaxxed. Um, yeah. That's the, yeah. The other, that's what it is. the other guys, everybody who's been on his staff, I've heard the same thing that I've talked to, which is basically that they feel like they're not, their voice doesn't matter as much. Right. Right. So, Listen, and, and that's what things I'm aren't when going the, well. When everyone tells you you're the king, you're the greatest. It's really hard sometimes to go like, Hey, I don't know everything. There's so much you don't know at coaching at that level. Right. Just so much you don't know. And when you've been a great player, he was a great player. And I, I spent time with him. I really like the dude. I love I, Penny. Love I him. I genuinely like him. Yes. Okay. Yes. But he, he did not hire a staff that knew what he didn't know. He did not. Hi- and he did not. And he doesn't handle And you know who did? You know who, you know who did? Juwan Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. He went and hired Phil Martelli. Exactly. Right? Exactly. He went and hired Phil Martelli. Right. Yes. And, and well, look, listen, somebody we, might say, well, Larry Brown's a better coach than Phil Martelli. Like, there's a difference. To Phil, Mar- Phil Martelli is, I, I'll just be honest, when I've interviewed for jobs, the guy I've called for advice was Phil Martelli. Phil, who's the old head I should hire? Who's the, who's, who's the recruiter I should hire? What should I do in practices in April? Like, he gave me, this is Phil Martelli, great advice. He's like, listen, you get a job. I need you to do something for him. I was like, what is it, Phil? Tell me anything. And he goes, don't put in your offense in April and May. Nobody gives a shit. That's what he said. said, Nobody cares. He's like, do drills, have them play one-on-one. He's like, you know what? That first, be about the kids, be about their improvement. And you know what? It doesn't even matter what you run anyway. At the end of a game, 
you're going to give it to a kid and hope he makes a bucket and go one-on-one -on -one anyway. Right. So you're actually hey, Doug, helping. Doug, 10 yep. seconds on this. 10, not even. What Do you fire Penny Hardaway after after the season or not? If you're the AD. No, I give him one, I give him one more year. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yep. Well, listen, this, this has been the Field of 68 After Dark. We are on YouTube. We are going to be doing the After Dark Afters. You can join us. You can hit us with questions in the YouTube chat. So if you're watching there, please hang around for a couple more minutes. Uh, grab yourself a beverage. Get ready for the rest of the night. This has been the Field of 68 After Dark. For Rob Doster, myself, for Jeff Goodman, for Doug Gottlieb, thank you for being here. And you're clear. Perfect. All right. It's time for the afters, Doug. You haven't been around for a field of 68 after dark afters. Go yeah, get yourself did. a beverage. Go get a beverage. Go get a beverage. Do White Claw? Do I do a Modelo? I have, I, I have, I have, I have, I have a little scotch. I wanted to. Scotch? Gotta, yeah, we got a scotch guy. By the way, my Aaron Rodgers is going to be drinking scotch or a couple fingers. <laughs> Aaron's going to be drinking a lot tonight. Yes, he is. Um, Goodman. We had a good show tonight, man. We had a good show. We tonight. did. Gottlieb's right. a riot. Gottlieb's, Gottlieb's great because you know what the best thing about Doug is, and I hope I'm the. I hope people say the same thing. About no, no, you want you want you want what the best thing about Doug is is that he'll there he'll say, uh, you know what someone told me, and I don't think I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love yes. that. No, but you can go uh, at Doug. Like you can go at I Doug. Do, I, and I do. I, I really thought. <laughs> I I, I I burn from my sources occasionally. So. <laughs> go with a, you guys know Topo Chico, right? They have those really good. I, I gotta go oh, out yeah. and get something. I'm a, I'm yeah. gonna let you guys go. I'll be I'll be back in a minute. Let me you check out your yeah. dog. Make sure your dog's live. Yes, I gotta check yep. in my dog. That's right. Yeah, that's yep. Yep. All right. the mouth. Um, okay, so she doesn't. Need a question for you. A question me. for you. Uh, we didn't get to talk about the Big Twelve. Um, and I got a couple texts from a couple Big Twelve coaches tonight, like. That league's amazing. It's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous how good it is. Well, the, I don't know if it's. I think it's really good. Oklahoma's kind of disappointing, aren't they? Like I'm I'm a little I'm a little surprised, and um, obviously you have to kind of remake your team. But the the difference in that league and the other leagues are there's no like you can't play bad. You just can't. There's you know? no layup. There's no free that's, game. That, that's that's the difference. Is there there may. I don't know about Baylor at the top end. I think they're really impressive, but they're, they're showing some, some, some flaws there. Obviously Kansas has some flaws. So I don't know if they have a national champion or even a final four team, but I also, I mean, you know, it's like, like Oklahoma state today. I mean, very easily could have come back and, and won that game. They're not great offensively, defensively. They're nasty. Look at what Kansas state's done. TCU might have the best guard in the league, right? Um, mm -hmm. They should have beat Oklahoma State the other night. Look how well they played today at, at, at Iowa State. Iowa State obviously has been impressive, and TJ he's really doing a good job with that program. But that's the that league is it's the only true round robin of the big leagues, and it's the only of the big leagues that there's no there's no off games. There's no games which you can go like, all right, we're good. Everybody's going to get their stats tonight. It, and, and the other part of it is it's going to that's going to raise the floor for everybody's computer numbers. Right now, I have the stats written down. Um, right now. Uh, every single team in that conference is top 60 in Ken Palm. The worst, the, the, I'm doing air quotes here. The worst team is Kansas State, who uh, who was up by 16 at the half. Oh, there's the pub. It was up by 16 on the half uh, at the half on Kansas tonight. Everyone is top 16 in Ken Palm. Uh, Kansas, who is the best team in the league, is the only one that's outside the top 30 in defensive efficiency. They are absolutely loaded. All right, we got Goodman back. Dagan. You got some questions for us? Producer Dagan Hughes is uh, is going to be joining us here. Um, you got some questions? I, I do have some questions for you guys. 
Uh, pro mm -hmm. Wrestling Guru wants to know your thoughts on Tennessee beating LSU by 15 today. Doug, why don't you take that? Well, I mean, Tennessee at home is nasty. Look what they look what they did to jump on Arizona, right? Um, there's the other league that I actually think the top half is better than the Big 12. So that that's that's the there's a I, I want to make sure our wording is correct. Like I think if you go through Kentucky and Auburn and then you go to the kind of secondary teams and uh, Arkansas, I think Alabama, I mean, they beat Missouri after losing to Missouri. They're kind of a weird team. Right. But like they're, they're, the, the difference is the bottom of that league is not as good as the bottom of the Big 12. Um, but tops better though. The top of the SEC, the top, is, the, the top. I, I think it's the, I think it's the best top of a yeah. league that, that we yeah. have. Yes. I think you might be able to make the argument, maybe the PAC 12, depending on how you feel about UCLA and Oregon at this point. But I mean, I, I think Oregon's Oregon's one team. I mean, that's really the discussion, which is which of these teams um, are going to get credit for figuring it out. Like the, the computer numbers are not going to be able to understand Oregon totally new team and it takes dana a while to kind of figure it out and that's oregon's going to be the seventh seed in the elite eight watch that's what's going to happen i thought last year was, i mean look what they did last year to iowa right now mm -hmm. obviously different roster but like every year it seems like about this time dana's like you know what i kind of figured it out and they just start walloping dudes and in that league you really can't because the bottom of that league bottom of that league is trash oh so bad. bottom how about from five down yeah that's, so I, can, can I tell you who I think the most overrated team in college yes. basketball is yes. LSU. I, I am not buying them. Agree. Great defensively. I mean, they cannot score in the half court. They rely on forcing turnovers and making you play in transition or, or playing in transition, getting the pick six buckets. And you're not going to get pick six buckets against teams that are really good offensively that have good guards. Cause if you have good guards, you don't make mistakes. And LSU relies on making you make mistakes. I'm just, I don't, I don't buy them. Okay with that. Um, Goodman, we were talking about yeah. coaches and potentially being fired. Yeah. What's Georgetown going to do? I mean, again, the same thing with Penny. Like, what do you do with Patrick Ewing? Like, hey, you I, bring got, him I, have, in. I have a list of guys. You want to roll through the list of guys? Yeah, let's we'll start with you. Well, yeah, let's, let's start, start with, with Ewing. Ewing. I mean, yep. to me, again, you bring him in, and until Patrick Ewing tells you, you know what? Yeah, this isn't working. I'm, I'm out. You know, I'm out. You you're not going to be able to tell him that if you're the athletic director, you're not. So what do you do? Especially because he went to a tournament last year. So in, in some people's minds, they think that he's done a decent job, but if you look at it, like they've been irrelevant other than three days in a big East tournament in which I think one of the wins came against Villanova without Gillespie. So they caught a break there. Like to me, it's not working. I would move on. But if I was going to fire him, I would have Rob Doster fire him instead of myself. Yeah. You, if you're firing Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, like you, you got to be ready to, to burn some bridges there. And it becomes um, kind of like a new, a new program. Dagan, uh, Dagan has a question about coaching. Dagan, you got something for us? Another, another question. Yes, I do. In the chat? David Bentley wants to know what's the biggest job to come open this off season. Louisville. Is Louisville a bigger job than Maryland? Yes, Louisville is a bigger job than Maryland. Yes, is it a better? Is. is it a better job than Maryland? Well, the, yes and no. I mean, if you want to change, they're, they're, they're on par. They're on par. They're on par. You're Sean Miller. Which one do you take? I'm just I'm well, throwing out a name 
just I was talking with about a different job, uh, Sean Miller. You're Sean Miller, Maryland, who I mean, he almost went to before. Right, Louis, I was going to say. Which, which one? I mean, to me, again, like if you're anybody, if you're any one of us and you have a choice of Louisville or Maryland and the NCAA stuff is behind you at Louisville, you take Louisville. But the, know, there, think, how do you I know if think, the NCAA stuff is going to be behind you? Well, I just don't think it's going to be I would, t- I would, I would probably take – I, I I think both those jobs are on par and it all is going to depend on the person that you are going out and getting right. Like, I think if you uh, to throw Bruce Pearl back out there, I, I don't know if I'm Louisville, if I'm going after Bruce Pearl, um, if I'm Bruce Pearl, I'm, I'm jumping at that Maryland job. I think that it would be such I a think, home run higher there, but the he, way won't, that he, he, he won't, here's why you, here's why he won't, he won't because they won't pay him enough to match mm-hmm. whatever Auburn will pay him. And Bruce at 60, whatever years old is saying, I got one more contract left. If Auburn pays me 6 million a year for five more years, I'm not leaving money on the table in my last go around here. You don't, no, you he, don't think, wouldn't. you don't, you don't think Plank would try and get some guys and, and bring him the, 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 the one Maybe. thing that the one thing that, that has held Maryland back held is people talk about the Under Armour schools being it, being a tough sell. Now, um, Bruce has already been there. He's already done uh, that. He's doing that now, right? right. And right. so, but but I mean, in terms well, of the the job, other part of it would be able to get the, the you have all of the programs in the DC area, and how often right. do those kids end up going to Maryland? Like, when was the last time they got a kid from the Matha? They don't get the Matha kids, and I think that if you're going to have someone that can rebuild some of the bridges that have been burned, um, I, I think. I think Bruce is the guy that could, he's just such a personality. And here, here's the other thing, Doug. And I, I actually want to hear your opinion on this. I think if you put Bruce Pearl and that style of play in a league like the Big Ten, where there is always some plotting seven footer on every single team in that conference, I, I, I think he completely re, remakes the way that, that conference is played. I don't know how they guard. The reason why Big Ten can't win in March because they have all these big guys that can't guard anymore, but teams that play modern basketball. I think that he completely revamps the way that that the big 10 is played i agree I, it is interesting he was in the big 10 a long time ago obviously at, at iowa and they were different than than everybody else back then and it worked at iowa to a different level obviously um i think it's a better job than auburn and i i have friends that are big auburn people and maybe the auburn lifestyle is better uh, and the auburn arena is like the perfect size they've done a lot of really mm-hmm. good things and there is a movement of so many athletes to the south it's just, and, and the SEC is all in on basketball, but I would also point out that like, look, I don't think Bruce is the cheater that he is, that, that, that fans of other programs will report him. Okay. I, I think, agree. I agree. too. Okay. So if we start there, on the other hand, Bruce is going to do whatever it takes to get it done within the rules. And now they kind of are no rules. <laughs> right? And yep. Hey, Hey, real quick. Goodman, sit back. Your head's getting cut off. You're sorry. not checking your text from producer Dagan Hughes is going to yell at you and get mad at you. Sorry. Go ahead, Doug. I'm sorry so, to cut you so, off. <laughs> so, and, and the one thing about the big 10 is there's a couple schools that are exceptions to this, but generally it's like the gentleman's coaching league where we're, we're morally superior to everybody else. And Bruce to come in and be like, man, F that I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I do. Right. So I, I agree with you. I think he shakes it up in a major way. Um, I kind of think the ACC feels super stale 
And I think the Big Ten, the SEC, because of the football money, is is the spot to be. So I'm, I, I think Maryland's a better job, and I think Maryland's a very, very interesting uh, job that's open. So those are, those are two. What else comes open? God, I mean, we've had so many turn. I mean, we had Indiana and Carolina sort of come open, and Duke cha- change has, and Texas, right? And Bill Self isn't going anywhere. So I'm with you. I think that, that those are the two biggest. Um, and, you know, maybe West Coast if, if Washington pops that's yeah. that has the that has a perception of a better job than it probably actually is. Yeah. All right, Dagan, you got any more questions for us? Anything good? Yes, I do. Uh, Sean Feely, who is your Cinderella prediction this year in the tourney? Oh, Goodman, you go first on that one. I mean, that's so hard to to, to say without knowing kind of who, who who's playing who. I mean, yeah, just give me, me a bit, give, give me a mid major that you like that can that can that can be dangerous in March. I mean, I like UAB. I like UAB because of how how AK plays, and I think he's got enough talent, you know. And and I watched him today uh, against Louisiana Tech. They beat uh, La Tech down in Ruston. That's a good win. They're probably the best team in Conference USA this year, and I think he's just more suited for that job than he. Like Old Miss is, a, it's a hard friggin' job. It's like you know one of the mm-hmm. worst jobs in the, especially when he had it because. When he had it, they went into a new arena at the end. When when he was already basically, they had already made the decision that he was going to be fired by the time he got that new arena and all the facilities. But it was probably the worst job in the league prior to that. Uh, I'm supposed to give a mid major. I mean, like, look, I've Any, I, anyone I, anyone that's kind of like outside of the top 25 that you think can make a run. Is Colorado State still in the top 25? No, I have them at 24, but okay. they're probably out in the AP. Yeah, they're not. They're not ranked. I mean, he's been playing too many guys. Uh, I think he'll trim his bench. And I don't think they'll shoot at the level they were shooting before they had a 24-day sh- uh, gameless COVID shutdown. But, fellas, they're pretty good, man. Um, they're, they're, David Roddy is a hard cat to cover. And he'll play the four, the five. Their guards are really – you know, Steven's, Steven's really awesome. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. They're fun. Um, they got this kid Chandler Jacobs who scored 2000 points at Dallas Baptist and he's like their sixth man and he'd come in and get buckets like Colorado State's a team that they'll they'll they're gonna lose some games to Mountain West Mountain West hasn't done well in terms of their computer numbers but they'll get in the tournament and they'll 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 beat somebody they're they're a hard team to guard yeah. um they beat up on Mississippi State yeah I was uh, hey that's mine that's mine San Francisco's Sorry, mine great no. they have great guards they shoot a ton of threes Ooh. Who? Um, San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, they have really good guards. They shoot a ton they're, of threes. Big, their bigs aren't bad either. Their bigs Patrick Tape, Duke transfer. Patrick Tape. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, well, there's but, there's two Duke transfers that like no one knew. Like, uh, what's the kid at A and M that was that was great the other night? Henry uh, Coleman. Henry Coleman. Coleman. Yeah, Henry Henry Coleman. You're like, you were at Duke, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. It's true. He never played. They're, he never they're played. good. They're good players. They just yeah. totally different level. Um, Mark Williams ruined everybody. They uh, God, I love it. it's the it's their it's their backcourt, man. Jamari Bouye and, and Khalil Khalil Shabazz are just they're so good. And they have the March, kid from Columbia too. The Italian kid yep. from Columbia is really good. I can he's just very he just can do all the other little stuff. And then uh, they have Stefa Stefa Stefanini Stefani. Stefanini is that the Stephanie. kid who's got like the body of Duster? Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. He got a bad body. Right. Bad body. Um, and then they have they have they have uh, 
they, like honestly, that's the kid Zane, Zane Meeks from Nevada is there for mm-hmm. like, he's good. Like they're pretty, usually at that level, the guards are good. The bigs aren't. And their, their center is a transfer from San Diego. And then I love and he's him. Pretty, yeah. Uh, I, I really like him. Yeah. yeah. So, so one coach that played them um, and that has played a whole bunch of top 25 teams this year told me that the best team that they played this season was San Francisco. The team that they were like most scared about best looking on tape that they thought could be able to be dangerous was, was San Francisco. So um, I all right, let's do a little rapid fire questions. Let's get yeah, through them quick, real quick. Dig in, just fire them at us. Uh, we'll take five, 10 quick seconds one. each. To let's, do, let's do it. Speaking. We'll stay on the topic of San Francisco. Uh, where and when, does Todd Golden go? I mean, the, the reasonable pick would be Auburn if Bruce leaves, right? I mean, Bruce might want to give it to Steven, his son, but Todd Golden's done such a good job. I, I would think that would be a spot if Bobby Hurley. And, leaves and it's Arizona also State, if he if if he leaves Auburn, that's the, that, that's right? the other and job, Auburn way, wants I'm... him to stay. Go ahead, go ahead, Doug. That's the other job, by the way, that we didn't mention. Is Bobby going to is Bobby in trouble at Arizona State? You know what? Ha- Here, here's here's what I have. Ready? I, I got it. I got the whole thing for St. John's, Arizona State. So Frank Haith going to get fired at Tulsa. Mike Anderson goes to Tulsa. Bobby Hurley goes to St. John's. Doc, Todd Golden or Randy Bennett go to uh, Arizona State. Randy Bennett finally goes to Arizona State, finally gets Arizona State all these years I mean, he later. wants it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, don't, I, think know he wants wants it. It. I don't know I if he wants it. I think he wants it. Yeah. He, I don't know if he does anymore. I think he probably did want it, and I'm not sure he still does. But Rand, Randy might be, you know, pretty settled in Moraga. It's a pretty he, good By job. the way, Randy Randy has Marshall Onis' kid. Yes, who, love him. He's the next He's the next one. Yes. Next one? He's a, he's a, he's a dude. He's all right, the next Dagan, one. Dagan, hit us with some more questions. So Let's much for the quick. for the quick answers there. I'm Good sorry. <laughs> Does Kansas get a one seat on Selection Sunday? No. Ooh, you don't I don't think, think so. That, no, I don't think that they do. Yeah, I don't know. Not I the, mean, there, the there'll be one? like a, a one or a two or a high two. So, you know, I, I could see either, um, you know, right now. I, I, you know, it's them. Like Gonzaga's, Gonzaga's going to get one, right? right? Baylor, mm-hmm. uh, Auburn's going to get one. Arizona's Auburn, Auburn, get one. Auburn's going to get one, and I would guess Arizona's going to get one, right? Baylor, and, yep. and then it's Baylor or Kansas for the final one. Mm-hmm. Yes, but what's more likely to happen is, right, that both of them get like twos, right? Yeah, I would, I would say. I think because both of them are going to end up with about four or five losses in Big Twelve play. I just Maybe. don't think that they're going to have the a strong enough profile. I think that you're more likely to see Duke make a run through ACC play and end up yes. having a, a good yeah. Duke record. be the fourth one. That's the one. Yeah, maybe maybe someone else from the SEC like Kentucky, if they can find a way to turn this thing around. So I, I just I think that right now Kansas is probably in that group that is fighting for the fourth number one seed. So I would just bet against it. Dagan, give us another one. Can Iona make it to the second round? Yeah, they get in the tournament. Are you going to bet against Rick Pitino? Depends who they're playing. I mean. You know, maybe they played they Alabama almost, last year. They almost took down Alabama. Right. I mean, yes, I, I think I think they have a shot. As long as you're – I mean, Rick Pitino's just running through the Mac again. Yeah. I still say Rick Pitino's – you know, if he's not the best coach in college basketball, he's, you know, right there in the top three. Yeah, the question is, is can they, not will they? Can they? Absolutely. Sure. No, no, no doubt in my mind. Uh, Dagan, give us another. Is Oche Agbaji of Kansas the National Player of the Year? Uh, he's in the mix. 
There's like nine today guys I might in the have, mix. I go back and forth every day, right? It was Johnny Davis last week. But that's the way it should be right now because, honestly, there's so little disparity between all these guys. It's almost like who has a good week. And Ocha's been awesome. I mean, he was great today, and he was great the other day, even though he struggled. He didn't score till about five minutes left. And then he had like 10, he had three, two threes, a couple other buckets. He scored all their points down the stretch to rescue him uh, from a loss. So I, I would say any defense. So I like Ocha. Yeah. I put him up there. Doug? No, he's not national player of the year, but he's he's a hell of a player. I, mean, I like Braun actually more as a pro, to be honest. Um, but I, I those guys are. I mean, look, the the issue with them is like, how do you use Remy Martin? All right, coming coming here, can can you play Remy Martin in a big game? And you have a big guy who, I mean, I think people are disappointed in in Dave McCormick's play. I just think Dave McCormick was playing so far above his level because they had nothing. They had no other options at times last year. So uh, I, I think sometimes our, I, I, I honestly believe this. I think what's happened to David McCormick is a snapshot of what happens to Kansas often in the tournament. I think Bill is so good and they, and they get the benefit of they've always gotten calls at home and whatever, you know, that they perform well above their actual level of their talent. And then you get into the NCAA tournament and that ultimately gets exposed because they're not just out talenting teams. Right. Now yep. the one year where that was different, was when they had Embiid, but Embiid didn't play in the tournament, right? right. So um, that, that's that's my my feeling about Kate. Wig, about Wiggs KU. did. Wiggs did. He had six. Oh, Wiggins did, but Wiggins, oh, Wiggins is never good when he's Stanford. The, I understand, but he's never the best when he's the best player. You you're you're not going to win when he's the third or fourth best player. You got yourself a hell of a team. That's why it works in Golden State. Yep. All right, Dagan, give us one more before we get to three cheers. One more. How many bids does the A-10 get in the NCAA tournament? <laughs> one. Is this, is this a trick one. question? Do they, do they have to get one? Can it be zero? <laughs> I mean, what, what are we doing here? Really? Give us a, give us another one. Give me a real right. question. That, they, we can't end on that question, Dagan. That's uh, a terrible, fair terrible, terrible question. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, everyone's current Final Four. I'll go first on this one because somebody asked me this today. Um, So I'm sticking with three picks I had in the preseason, Duke, uh, Gonzaga, and Kentucky. And I am going to pull out UCLA and throw Auburn in there. So those are my, those are my four teams that I think are best built for March. Douglas. Uh, I'm going to go Baylor, Auburn, uh, Gonzaga, and Duke. Is that, is that who you had to? Baylor. No, I had. Uh, I had. I did not have um, Baylor. I had Kentucky. Okay. Uh, what am I going to go? Uh, definitely Gonzaga. Gonzaga winning it all. Baylor for sure. I still uh, like UCLA. Uh, yeah, I kind of do. I mean, I don't love them, but uh, Kentucky and they I'm feel the same about you. I'm not going with Duke. Thank you. Uh, I'm not going with Duke, but I don't know who I'm. You know, I'll go Illinois. How's that? Wow, Illinois, interesting. So, Cabe- so Carbello's going to Carbello's going to be good. Carbello for four straight games again in the Final Four. Yeah, because he was awesome <laughs> the other night. That. He was, and then, and then he was terrible. He was awesome the other night. Yeah. You know. I know. Um, yeah. All right, three cheers, three cheers, and we can get out of here. Uh, Goodman, um, I'm going to you first on this one. It's just basically a toast of the night, Doug. Yeah. We're cheers into someone to, to close the night. So my, my, my cheer tonight is to um, Kansas coach Bill Self, 
who lost his father um, at 82 years old uh, yesterday. And uh, they came back. They were, they were down 16 and a half against the rival Kansas State in Manhattan, which no matter how good or bad K-State is, that game is a war. It, it, it is a war. And Kansas State had it. And Kansas ended up coming back, and OTI made it a great uh, baseline drive um, to, to give them the win. But, again, Bill Self, our condolences uh, for losing your father at 82 years old. And um, cheers. Cheers yeah, to Papa uh, Self. Yeah, great high school, great uh, girls high school coach in the state of Oklahoma. By the way, uh, what is it? Kansas State, I think, has only beaten them, what is it, four times ever in Bramlage since they opened that building? It's the, it's the craziest thing you've ever heard, right? Where Kansas State, who has been a good program yes. at home. Very, very at home, good at home. Very good. At home, they, they've, I think it's, I think it's four. I, I gotta, I gotta, I'll update it before we, we go. Um, uh, I'm going to go cheers to, to Rob because we were doing a live <laughs> show. Hold oh, on. Jesus. Hold on. You're going to kiss his ass? Yeah. I'm ready, no, You don't kiss anybody's ass. I'm not kissing his ass. We're doing a live show. He's wearing a Niners jersey. He's, <laughs> he's hosting the show. The Niners beat the Packers in Green Bay in the craziest freaking fashion ever. It was. It was. And nice. like, if you were listening to this show on Sirius or or watching or listening down on the pod, you'd have no idea. None. That's he is the only professional in the show because I would have lost my mind. <laughs> lost my mind. Cheers, Rob. Well, uh, cheers. Cheers to me. I will always cheers, cheers to, to Jimmy me. G and Rob Dobster. Well, that's uh, what I Jimmy was going to say. My, mine was going to be to Jimmy G, Jimmy G, who is now officially 2-0 in these playoffs. Um, you know, we were wow. criticizing him earlier, but I don't I don't know how you could hate on the guy. When it comes down to it, the quarterback position is all about wins and losses, about nothing else. And <laughs> the, the dog is Mine wouldn't stay up here. She went back downstairs. Well, my dog is not asleep on the couch. She's not allowed on the couch. But yeah, to actually my, my real toast, my real cheers. That's a much size. cuter. That's a much cuter shot than the previous one, Doug. By the yeah, way. no, it's better. We should have had uh, that for the, for the entire show instead of Doug. Um, my my it's real me cheers. talking in the background. That's awesome. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would have been perfect. <laughs> yes, like my my real cheers is to Isaiah Mosley. Uh, he went for forty tonight. Um, Missouri State won at Loyola Chicago. They were up by as many as like twenty four points. They won by ten. Uh, they are now a game out of first place in the Missouri Valley title race. And Isaiah, Mo, he's been unreal the last five games. Yes. Uh, it's been 40 points today. He had 24 the other night against Illinois State. He had 43 at home against Northern Iowa. He's averaging something like 30 points over the last five games. So cheers to Isaiah Mobley. Cheers to Jeff Goodman. Cheers to Doug Gottlieb. Cheers to producer Dagan Hughes. Uh, this is the field of 68 after dark. Challenge. What do we got there? Cheers, <laughs> cheers to Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers. This was a fun show. Dagan, cut us off. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.